Hello and welcome mga kabechang. It's me, your detective, Martin Rules. And welcome back to my channel. Yes, welcome to my world. And you guys know what time it is. It's Philippine True Crime Stories. Ay. Kumusta kayo lahat? I hope you guys, girls, and my non-binary friends are safe and healthy. Kung bago kayo sa aking channel, Hello, my name is Martin, and tuwing Webes, gumagawa ako ng video tungkol sa totoong krimen o misteryo na nangyari sa Pilipinas habang nagmi-makeup. Kaya naman, kung interesado ka sa ganitong klaseng content, I highly suggest na mag-subscribe ka na sa aking channel because it's motherfucking free. Huwag mm -hmm. niyo kalimutan i-click yung bell button para naman makalampag ka, uh, ma-update ka pag mayroon tayong bagong uploads. And lastly, if you have any questions tungkol sa topic natin for today or sa mga makeup na i-apply ko sa aking face, huwag kayong mahiya na magtanong sa comment section below. Okay, so last week, kung naalala nyo pa, pinag-usapan natin yung Mama Sapano Clash aka Oplan Exodus And today naman, pag-uusapan natin yung Resorts World Manila Attack. By the way, shoutout nga pala sa mga yes, nag-recommend netong case na ito. Kung ikaw rin ay may nalalaman ng mga, you know, true crime and mystery na nangyari sa Pilipinas, huwag kayong mahiya na i-comment yan below at pag-uusapan natin yan sa mga susunod na episodes. Naloka ako sa case na to. Honestly and truly... Well, lahat naman ng case na pinag-uusapan natin dito sa aking channel or sa segment na ito ay nakakaloka. Pero this one kasi ay kitang-kita natin yung incompetence ng ano, security management kung paano i-handle itong sitwasyon. Also, yung response ng authority at faulty security system ng establishment na ikinamatay ng 37 na katao. Kung narinig mo ito sa balita nun at You know, hindi mo masyadong alam yung details. Let me tell you the story, okay? Got you. I got you back. Babala. Ang mga susunod na imahe, istorya, at description ay maaaring makapagdulot ng takot. Huwag magpatuloy kung kinakailangan. Okay. So, it was June 2, 2017, mga 12.03 ng hating gabi. Merong nakita sa CCTV na an identified man na nakasuot ng black jacket, black bonnet. Meron siyang dalang black bag at nakasuot din siya ng denim ang biglang pumasok sa Resorts World Manila. Doon sa CCTV, hindi siya dumaan sa body scanner ng establishment. Kaya yung babae ng guard, dali-dali siyang pinigilan para... You know, i-check yung bag niya kasi nga dire-diretso siyang pumasok talaga. Parang bahay mo tate, gano'n. Gano'n ang eksena. Without hesitation, inilabas niya yung M4 or M4A3 rifle niya to scare away the guard. Unfortunately, itong si ate guard, wala siyang uh, dalang barrel. Hindi siya armed. At uh, ano, alone siya. Oo, siya lang isa na nagbabantay dun sa station. Kaya sa takot, Tumakbo siya together with other people na nakakita sa pangyayari. Habang niradyo niya yung ibang guard sa establishment to alert them. And then, nag-open fire itong gunman out of the blue na nag-cause ng mass panic. At lalo nakadagdag sa takot ng mga tao na nandun sa establishment. And some people are screaming or shouting 
ISIS, ISIS. Mm-hmm. Thinking na terrorist attack itong nangyayari. Marami sa kanila run for their lives, of course, dahil sa panic. And were able to rush sa exit doors. Marami rin sa kanila ang na-injured dahil sa stampede. Pero yung ilan sa kanila ay piniling magtago na lang sa comfort room. Dahil kung matatandaan nyo, a month before itong mangyaring insidente na ito, Duterte placed the whole Mindanao, including Basilan, Sulu, and Tawi-Tawi, under martial law dahil sa clash between armed forces of the Philippines and Islamic State militant group sa Marawi. That's why yung mga sumigaw ng ISIS-ISIS ay nililink itong nangyaring insidente as terrorist attack. Despite sa pag-open fire ng gunman, walang directly injured or shot dun sa gunfire ng suspect. He then proceeded sa casino floor kung saan sinunod niya yung poker tables, cushioned slot machines, chairs, carpets, at kung ano-ano pang flammable na makikita niya sa daan. Inilagay niya rin yung bag niya na naglalaman ng maraming bullets sa nagliliyab na poker table na hindi nagtagal, nagsimulang magputukan. Mm-hmm. So, he could trick the guest and the security that he's not alone at maraming gunmen ang nasa paligid, which is, you know, smart of him. I'd give him that. Mga 12-18 naman, habang nasusunog yung mga furniture at pumuputok yung mga bullets, the gunman breaks into a safe room kung saan nakalagay yung mga gambling chips. Makikita na he was shooting the locks of secured doors using his rifle and when he was able to go in, Kinuha niya at inilagay sa backpack yung gambling chips worth of 2.3 million dollars or 113 million pesos. Which is not so smart about him. Dahil yung mga gambling chips have little to no value outside the casino. I mean, pwedeng ibenta if they become collector's item. Pero maliit na yung worth niya compared kung saan mo siya nakuha ng casino and i-exchange mo siya for cash. Anyway, nung binasa ko to, ang sabi ko, sobrang disturbed ng tao to and I want to know the reason behind his rage. At saka sino siya. And so, as a mainipin na, ano, uh, na non-binary, I googled. I googled him. Oo, at kinilala kung sino ba yung perpetrator nitong casino attack. And then, lumabas yung pangalan na Jesse Javier Carlos. Mm-hmm. Let's do a little background about Mr. Carlos right here because it's wild. Let me tell you that. Pagkatapos, balikan natin yung insidente sa Resorts World dahil it will make sense after this. Oo, so kapit lang. Si Jesse Carlos ay ipinanganak noong April 19, 1975. Laking tondo siya, so you know... Uh, mulat sa kahirapan, yung nanay niya na si Teodora had to sell baked goods para lang masend yung mga anak niya at saka itong si Carlos sa paralan. Nagtrabaho rin itong si Carlos as jeepney driver, nag-ayos ng furniture, hanggang sa nag-aral siya ng college sa Philippine Marine Institute to study custom brokerage. Eventually, he passed the board exam at nagtrabaho sa isang private company 
bago lumipat sa Department of Finance as tax specialist. Okay, bago tayo magpatuloy, gusto ko muna kayong tanungin mga kabetsyang. Do you ever wonder how I create my podcast? Gusto nyo bang magsimula na rin ng sarili ninyong show at i-conquer ang podcasting world pero worried kayo sa recording, editing, at iba pang masasamang elemento na maaaring pumigil sa vibe ninyo? Well, worry no more honey dahil sobrang easy na mag-start ng podcast ngayon using Anchor. Libre lang today at sa mismong app, you can already record and edit your podcast and publish it on various platforms such as Spotify, Apple Podcasts, at marami pang iba. As your detective, I can attest to the fact that Anchor is guilty for being the easiest way to make a podcast. So download it now on App Store, Play Store, or access it via the website www.anchor.fm for free! Anchor, everything you need to make a podcast. Now back to the episode. At nagtrabaho sa isang private company bago lumipat sa Department of Finance as tax specialist. At ikinisal siya at yung kanyang college sweetheart sa Manila Cathedral. And then nagkaroon sila ng tatlong anak, isang babae at dalawang lalaki. The Harnesses resides sa kanilang two-story house sa Village 339 along Huertas Street, Santa Cruz, Manila. And from growing up poor, he was able to turn it around and live comfortably or comfortable life with his businesses. Ang sabi, there was a mining somewhere in Davao. May palaisdaan somewhere else and mayroon daw farm sa Tanawan na nagbibreed ng mga manok panabong at may mga employment agency ayon sa kanyang pinsan na si Ona. Yung mga anak niya sa private school nag-aaral, Merong private tutors at driver. And sabi nung driver nila na si Ben, papalit-palit din daw sila ng sasakyan. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Ang sabi niya from Hyundai Starrex, Mitsubishi L300, Montero Sports, Toyota Innova, at Ford Ranger Wild Track Pickup. Ang sabi naman ng ano, kuro-kuro ng mga kapitbahay, oo. Um, supplier daw ng ilaw sa public market itong si Jesse. Ang sabi naman ng iba, he run a cock breeding farm. Ang sabi naman ng iba sa government siya ng katrabaho dahil sa speaker na nakadikit sa kanyang windshield. Hanggang isang araw, their shiny cars began disappearing. At may mga kwento na gustong ibenta ng mag-asawa yung property nila. Ito hindi sikreto na si Jesse ay addict sa sugal. Yung kapitbahay nila na si Cecilia, whose son grew up with Jesse, said na pata pa lang daw itong si Jesse ay naglalaro na ng karakos sa kalye. Not gonna lie, judger si Madam Don ha, hindi porket karakos. Ano nate? Si Ona naman, remember yung pinsan niya, ang sabi, next naman na parang naging kinaadikan nitong ni Jesse ay yung pagtaya sa mga sabungan. Mm-mm. They would bet together at sometimes nananalo sila, minsan natatalo, depende sa araw. May isang beses pa nga na si Ona heard from a one friend na itong pinsan niya ay nagsusugal na sa kasino. Mm-mm. 
dagdag pa niya na narinig niyang tatalo si Jesse ng malaking pera doon. Pero hindi niya na kinakausap tungkol sa mga ganong klaseng bagay, yung kanyang pinsan. Pero ang totoo, kaya may pagbenta ng property niya itong si Jesse, eh dahil he had been dismissed sa Department of Finance because of misdeclaring his assets. Sobrang lango niya sa pagsasugal, ang dami niyang utang, meron pang umabot na 4 million charge sa isang bank account. Dahil sa pagsusugal niya at yung mga kaakibat na problema nito, yung family niya pinagbawalan siya sa mga kasino at nagled pa ng separation sa kanyang uh, wife. Noong 2011, the Revenue Integrity Protection Service of the Department of Finance filed a complaint against kay Jesse Carlos dahil sa kanyang non-disclosure of assets. as well as accumulating unexplained wealth while quote-unquote obtaining dubious loans to cover up the gains in his assets. At that time kasi, si Jesse ay kumikita lang ng 15,000 a month but had declared assets of more than 9 million pesos. Yes, you heard it right. 9 million te. Noong 2012 naman, the office of the ombudsman found Jesse, quote-unquote, unable to reasonably explain the huge disparity between his income and his properties. Kaya naman, he was dismissed in 2014 at yung kanyang retirement benefits were fortified. Disqualified din siya to any post in government service. On March 6, 2015 naman, yung Office of the Ombudsman filed a civil case against kay Jesse Carlos at sa asawa nito as co-respondent. At yung prosecutors sought to forfeiture the amount of 6,742,244 pesos of unexplained wealth. Yung asawa naman ni Jesse is being scrutinized for a business under her name. Armset Trading, isang gun store na nakaregister yung address dun sa address nila sa bahay nila sa Manila. Hindi din clear ni Jesse itong Armset Trading sa salen niya because ayon sa kanila it was not operating. And they also failed to secure a permit or license dito sa store. Kaya hindi nag-talk off itong business. Anyway, noong January 2016, si Jesse nag-file ng motion to settle the case for 1.2 million pesos instead of 6.7 million pesos. However, nireject ito ng gobyerno at ang sabi ng ombudsman in a quote, The public has a strong case against the respondents. End quote. And then ito na, June 1, 2017, Mga 2pm yun, um, umatin si Jesse sa kanyang civil case sa Manila Regional Trial Court French 30 dahil it was scheduled that day. Natapos yung hearing at nag-schedule ulit for a redirect examination. Mga 10pm naman that same day, may tatlong kalakihan ang sakay ng gray BMW ang bumabaybay sa kalye ng Maynila. Yung nagmamaneho ay si Elmer Mitra Jr., 38 years old, isang lawyer, anak ng former Pasay City prosecutor, at yung katabi naman ni Elmer sa harap ay si Alvin Cruzen, 48 years old, um, isang former police officer 
nag-retire siya noong 2009 at naging casino financer na lang siya. Hey Betchangs! Wanna start your own podcast pero worried about what goes through the production process? Girl, if hindi mo pa naririnig, may I share with you Anchor, the easiest way to make a podcast. Just download it via the App Store, Play Store, or access it from the website www.anchor.fm for free. Tapos meron silang creation tools doon that will allow you to record and edit your podcast right away. You also don't have to worry about the distribution on different platforms such as Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and others dahil Anchor will do the job for you. Now back to the episode. officer. Nag-retire siya noong 2009 at naging casino financer na lang siya. At sa backseat naman ay si Jesse Carlos who don't need any introduction. Walang nakakaalam kung anong diskusyon ang naganap sa loob ng hasakyan pero I assume merong heated argument na oo na nangyari uh, na pwedeng involve ang malaking amount ng pera. Dahil nung lumiko itong sasakyan sa Perez Street Um, sabi ng mga witnesses, nakaranig sila ng mga putok ng bala bago tumaubin sa sakyan at tumama sa gutter. Actually, nakita rin sa CCTV yung nangyaring insidente. Pagkatapos may mga ilang gunshots pa na narinig yung mga tao sa paligid dun sa sasakyan na nakataob. Nakita rin nilang lumabas yung lalaki sa sasakyan na ika-ika at lumayo sa pinangyarihan ng krimen na parang wala lang. At exactly 10.18pm, nakita sa CCTV ng barangay 339 si Jesse sa street kung saan siya nakatira. He left the house carrying a black bag and then nakita naman siya sa gasoline station an hour later kung saan bumili siya ng tatlong literong gasolina bago siya sumakay ng taxi. He then arrived at the casino ng 12.03am and yung taxi driver na nagdala kay Jesse sa Resorts World Manila ang sabi, He was limping. Okay, now na nalaman na natin yung motive niya somehow, let's go back dun sa scene na kinuha niya yung mga casino chips at nilagay sa bag niya. So nilagay niya ngayon mga casino chips sa bag niya, ba? Diba? And then after that, lumabas siya dun sa parang secured na room kung nasaan yung mga chips. And hindi ko alam kung anong meron sa kanya, pero paikot-ikot lang siya. Um, nagugulan ako kung hindi ba niya alam yung exit pero paikot-ikot lang siya dun sa establishment. Makikita sa CCTV na nasa casino entrance siya ng mga staff tapos pupunta siya sa may stairs ng fire exit. Lalakad-lakad sa upper ground floor hallway and then babarilin yung mga CCTV ganyan. So he's all over the place. By this time, the police arrived sa premise ng casino And noong mga panahon na yun, kumakapal na rin yung usok sa uh, loob ng Resorts World Manila. Pagkatapos, nakipag-coordinate yung mga polis sa security team ng Resorts World Manila para matuntun yung exact location ni Jesse. Pero at this time, hindi sila aware kung ilan yung perpetrator. Kaya kailangan nila ng information doon sa taong nagmamanage sa CCTV room. Unfortunately, abandoned itong room na to. Oo, nakakaloka. Kaya no one will guide them sa assault na gagawin. 
And then habang nagsasagawa ng rounds yung mga police, may isang personnel yung nag-scan dun malapit sa may fire exit. And then nung lumapit siya, may narinig siyang mahinang yabag ng paa. And pagkasilip niya, nakita niya yung gunman. Tumakma siya palayo and dun na nag-start yung palitan ng bala. When Jesse Carlos realized na he was hit, he retreated upstairs papunta sa may hotel. When he reached the hotel, he forced himself dun sa room 510 by firing at the door. There were no security there, kaya naman Jesse was able to burn some blankets sa hallway. And I think another reason ito para mahirapan silang hanapin siya or balak na talagang sunugin yung place to the ground. Noong mga 1.45am naman, nung na-track na ng mga authorities yung location niya, they entered the room 510. And there, they saw a horrific scene. Nakita nila yung sunog na katawan ni Jesse Carlos. And ayon sa mga reports, ang sabi, uh, pumasok na si Jesse dun sa room 510, nagbuhos ng gasolina sa buong katawan at sinilaban yung kanyang sarili. Hindi pa tapos, oo. Dahil habang nasusunog siya, kinuha niya yung barrel and he shot himself in the head, ending his misery. And as you all know, hindi dyan nagtatapos ng kwento. Mm-hmm. Dahil yung aftermath ng ginawa niyang attack caused the lives of many people. Yung mga nagtago sa comfort room wasn't able to get out dahil number one, takot sila dun sa terrorist attack. And number two, sobrang kapal na nung uso kaya they were trapped. And may iba pang mga um, victims na nakapag-text or call sa kanilang loved ones saying na nasa VIP sila, VIP room or comfort room sila. And they were suffocating. Nung nakapasok yung mga rescuers, it was too late dahil natagpuan nila na patay na yung 37 people. And during the investigations, inamin ng Resorts World Manila na merong lapse yung security nila. Samantala, yung House of Representative on Public Order and Safety at saka yung Committee on Games and Amusement nag-prove sa incident and grills the management. Um, katulad na lang nung bakit sa CCTV pa lang hindi na siya na-monitor and bakit isa lang yung guard dun sa entrance. Also, uh, despite sa effort nung um, casino, bakit 37 people yung namatay. Yung CEO ng casino na si Stephen Riley said na some of the security personnel were not on their hosting area nung pumasok yung attacker. Resorts World Manila President King Sonsia naman ang sabi niya, um, the management was able to execute emergency protocol which led to the evacuation of thousands of people. Meron daw silang 13 fire exits sa second floor ng casino and nine of which ay nandun sa may gaming area. Dagdag pa niya yung bag full of bullets na nilagay ng suspect dun sa apoy uh, made the victims thought na they were many gunmen and they decided to stay put instead na umalis. Noong June 9, 2017, sinuspend ng PAGCOR yung operating license ng Resorts World Manila until they rectify their security lapses and deficiencies. And then, the casino resort hired Black Panda, isang private security consultant para higpitan yung security procedures ng establishment. Pagkatapos noong June 29, that same year, nilift ng PAGCOR yung suspension ng license ng Resorts World Manila. And on that same day, um, yung Resorts World Manila resumed its gambling operations 
dun sa area na hindi affected ng attack. Hanggang ngayon, hindi malinaw yung motive ni Jesse Carlos sa ginawa niyang pag-atake. Pero yung malaking posibilidad ay robbery para mabayaran niya yung kanyang mga debts. Pero isa pang malaking misteryo kung ano yung nag-transcribe dun sa loob ng grain na BMW na ikinamatay ni Alvin Crozen at Elmer Mitra Jr. On my observation, um, obviously parang disturbed si Jesse and sa selfish acts niya, maraming namatay na tao. Also, yung incompetence nung um, security management na ikinamatay ng 37 na katao. So that is the Manila Casino attack. Let me know your thoughts in the comments below. Ito napansin ko lang, not a pattern, more of a observation. Naalala niyo ba yung Manila hostage crisis na pinag-usapan na rin natin? Yes. We talked about Rolando Mendoza, yung perpetrator na dinismiss sa service. Tinanggalan din siya ng benefits and then, boom, ginawa niya rin yung pang, you know, yung hostage. Kung saan si Jesse Carlos somehow parang medyo the same yung kanilang experience and did a horrible acts. You see what I'm getting at? Mm-hmm. Both of them did an unimaginable to get their life back. Pero nakakalungkot na kailangan pang may mamatay which is so unnecessary. Anyway, kayo naman, let me know your thoughts. I-share nyo yan sa comment section below. And let's continue the conversation. So that's it for me today. Thank you, thank you so much for watching. As always, please keep safe and healthy. And I'll see you guys on my next video. Bye!